From the American College of Financial Services, it's time for NextGen in 10. I'm Ross Riskin, chair of the NextGen Advisory Task Force, and for the next 10 minutes, you'll be joined by our hosts and guests discussing topics relevant to up-and-coming financial advisors. Welcome, everyone, to the Next Gen in 10 podcast. I'm Matt Aaron and will be your host for this podcast, where we will be talking to Rianca Dorsonville, founder of Your Greatest Contribution, about the journey as a millennial advisor entering and maximizing your career. Welcome, Rianca. I'm excited to have you on today's podcast. Um, I've been following you for a while, truly inspired about what you've been able to build and the impact you've had as a certified financial planner. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. So, um, Rianca, I know one of the things that we hear often, there's many ways into the career of financial planning and different paths one can take to do so. I'd love to just hear a little bit about your experience, the different path that you've taken to get into the career and what you're doing now. Sure. Yeah. Just like you said, there are so many different paths that you can take to become a financial planner. My path in particular, I was fortunate enough to find the career of financial planning as a student. So I went to Virginia Tech, go Hokies. (laughs) (laughs) I went to Virginia Tech and truly just stumbled upon uh, the career of financial planning. I took an elective course I think it was called like financial, personal finance 101. And it was there where I learned about social security, disability insurance, credit scores, credit reports, how your credit score is derived. And I was just like, whoa, everyone needs this information. Why, why is this not required? And thank goodness I stumbled upon this class, right? So mm-hmm. I started just really wanted to dive in more because I saw just even as a student, the information that I was learning was helping me as a student. I was learning about student loans and the student loans I was taking out, that refund check wasn't free money. It was money I was going to have to pay back after graduating. And I was just, you know, sharing this information with my peers and just became honestly like the financial guru as a student because you know my my peers started to come to me when they had questions about personal finance which was pretty cool love that and so that's how i found financial planning and you know and i guess as they say the rest was history i went to the the professor after the semester was done i was like i want to learn more about this. I want more classes. Are, are there more at the university? And he was the one who told me like, oh yeah, there we, you know, Virginia Tech has an entire curriculum called the CFP curriculum, the CFP board uh, register program. And I was like, what? Sign me up immediately. The same day <laughs> I, I went to my, my counselor, my advisor, and was like, listen, I need to change my major to kind of fit whatever these requirements are. I want to learn about this. And so that's one of the ways you can start your career as a financial advisor or financial planner is as a undergraduate or a graduate student, there are over 250 universities that has board registered programs. So you can take these classes as a student and graduate with the education requirement met in order to sit for the exam. Another way is for those who were not lucky like me to stumble upon personal finance as a student, you can take a a certificate 
program and they are offered across the country. You can either go in person or take the classes online. And that's another way to be able to meet the education requirement. So a lot of career changers are coming into our profession, which is awesome, right? Because we don't want everyone that has a finance or applied economics major background, right? We want people who has maybe a history major or a theater background and they are career changers and they're bringing their flavor, so to say, to the profession so that we can have a more dynamic and diverse practitioners and advisors in our field to best serve our clients. Yeah, I mean, exactly to your point. Um, I was a marketing major and I did the certificate program at Georgetown and, you know, certainly was a career shift. I, I started when I was in school, but certainly a career shift in regards to what I thought I would be doing coming out of school, thought I was going to be a marketing guru. And, uh, <laughs> But what we quickly recognize is probably one of the hardest parts of our business is the marketing side. <laughs> right. So good thing you you did have that marketing background so that, you know, whatever you learned while in school, you can now apply to your career, which is awesome. That's awesome. And so coming out of school, so you had um, the foundation of understanding the basics of financial planning. And then what was next for you? Where'd you uh, start your career practicing? Yeah. So right after school, I went um, directly to a wealth management firm, a RIA or a registered investment advisory firm and understand there are so many roads you can take. So as a graduate of a CFP board registered program or as a certificate, uh, graduate of a you know certificate program, you hit a fork in a road. And this is, I think, a very vital point in your path of trying to figure out which road do you want to take. So one road is the RIA route, which is the route I took, and I'll explain more. Another route is the broker-dealer route. And so those are firms, more likely nine times out of 10, you'll probably see them on TV and they have commercials, they're probably well known and have brands that have probably been around for 50 to 100 years. And, you know, just more established brand. There's the banking route and then there's the insurance route. You know, there's a hybrid, which is a mix between, you know, the broker dealer and a little bit of the independent route, like the RIA space. And I guess from my program, <laughs> We drunk the Kool-Aid of the RIA route. And so that's the route that I took where I entered into the profession as a paraplanner, which I'm not too fond of that term, Matt, and I'll tell you why. Absolutely. Because as a paraplanner, when you hear that word and you just share it with someone who may not be in the field, they automatically think of a paralegal. Mm. And a paralegal they don't have the education requirement to sit for the bar. However, we have the education requirement to sit for the CFP exam. That's good. And, and so it's not an apples to apples comparison. While a paralegal may go back to school and you know get the education requirement they need in order to sit for the bar, we have already received our education requirement in order to sit for the CFP exam. So while we have the flexibility, I think, to figure out what are the titles that we want to have in the future. You know, I, it, it is what it is right now. So 
you can start off as either a para planner or an associate planner. It really just depends on what firm you go to. There's no statute of titles of, you know, what firms are supposed to use. So going back, I started off as a para planner. I was like the first generation para planner to start at my firm because they, most RIA firms are small. And when I say small, it's like maybe like eight people. Mm-hmm. And we consider a large RIA to be like 20. Uh, you know, that's 20 people. It sounds like a little bit, but that's pretty large for a, you know, a family size RIA firm. And then you work a few years as a para planner and you just basically climb your way up. Whatever entry level you start at, it is vital and it's really important to be a sponge. And it may not seem like you're doing a lot or it may seem like very administrative, like Mm -hmm. doing paperwork or understanding how to read paperwork. But as you become the lead advisor, you're the alpha and omega. And so let's say, for example, if you do become the lead advisor in a relationship with a client and your paraplanner is out sick that day and there's paperwork where you are rolling over, you know, money in order to start managing it and or opening up a 529 account for your client's child, you have to understand how to read and explain that paperwork to the client before they sign the documents. And if something that is so little as paperwork, you don't understand how to explain, you may lose that relationship or that trust in that client. It's like, yeah, sure. You may know all this other stuff, but the simple thing of paperwork, you don't know how to explain, you know, you mm-hmm. don't want to start raising doubt early in a relationship. You want to be that trusted advisor. I always make sure I share that with either career changers and or, you know, just early stage financial planners, because it's like, ah, I keep doing paperwork. But let me tell you, (laughs) understanding how to read that paperwork and explain it can definitely make or break a relationship. I know you're a wealth of knowledge, so I don't want to hold that hostage. So anything else that you think uh, the listeners should know about the business of financial planning, this kind of open-ended question? Yeah, you know, this is a really an amazing time to be a financial planner. You know, when I first started in this career, it was very segmented in the possibilities. And now you're seeing people work at traditional financial planning firms and then starting our own, like myself, and and I'm putting in in air quotes, you know, the non-traditional type of firm, so that we can serve clients and meet them where they are. And I think the creative aspect of, you know, being a financial planner is being honored and not, you know, staying within the box of what the traditional type of financial planner may have looked like and have in the way that they served in the past. And so I'm really excited for the future of our profession, for the practitioners that are entering uh, in our profession, you know, moving from students to being colleagues and peers And even career changers, you know, as we're providing more exposure to the world of personal finance and even as a career as a financial planner, I think, you know, the more difference that we have uh, from various backgrounds and majors and ethnicities, that our profession will continue to grow and thrive and be able to meet clients where they are. And also to all the millennial advisors, don't let your age be a deterrent for you to work with any type of client, because remember, it's an advantage. Love it. Love it. 
Well, thank you, Rianca, for uh, joining us today. For more episodes, visit our website at theamericancollege.edu slash podcasts. This has been Next Gen in 10, brought to you by the American College of Financial Services.